0: What's up, teamigos? amigos? Welcome to Fresh Steeps, uncovering the health benefits of tea for your active life. My name is Vince LaPaloosa, and I am your host and guide on this tea journey. I'm a chemical engineering athlete who has been obsessed with the health benefits of herbs and tea for over 10 years now, and I'm honored to lead this journey of understanding tea better. Today, I hosted Dr. William Lee. Dr. Lee is a physician, scientist, president, and medical director of the Angiogenesis Foundation and author of Eat to Beat Disease, the new science of how your body can heal itself. Today, we discussed the five natural defense systems of the body and how tea directly bolsters each one. Tune in to discover why you should be drinking tea daily, and surprisingly, you'll discover which tea is the best. So sit back, relax, grab your tea, and enjoy the show. Dr. Lee, welcome to Fresh Steeps. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Viz, for having me on. Yeah, of course. This is super exciting for me. I'm really excited to just dive right into this, uh, dive into your book, Eat to Beat Disease. And um, first off, I guess just a real quick question. What's your favorite tea? My favorite tea is Dragonwell
1: tea. It's a green tea from uh, sort of southeastern China and I've actually been to the tea fields. I watched the leaves being harvested in the spring and I've actually taken part in helping to dry them. Oh my
0: gosh, that's incredible. I am extremely jealous of that because that's definitely on my bucket list of things to do. And when was that? Oh, this was maybe
1: 10 years ago, uh-huh. Um, but I remember it um, vividly because it is has always been one of my favorite teas uh, among green teas. I, I like a lot of different kinds of teas, mm-hmm. but that one is something that I think I've had maybe the uh, I've had most, mostly uh, Dragonwell. Well, um, growing up, we always had it in the house. Um, and so it's one of the things that you kind of fall in love with because you're, you're used to it. And then to see exactly where it comes from, uh, it adds that verisimilitude, you know, that, that,
0: that reality mm. uh, to knowing where your food comes from. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's awesome. I will say that I am drinking actually right now. This is inspired by you, and we'll get into why this is inspired by you. This is a blend, uh, a 50-50 blend of Sencha and jasmine green tea. And good, again...
1: Good man. You've 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 done your homework on my research. Uh, and um, and I, I am actually drinking... Uh, some of the Dragonwell tea,
0: oh, uh, right
1: here. Uh, you know, one of the best things about tea, from my perspective, is it is a, a It's the second most common beverage in the world, and the reason it's been so popular, I mm-hmm. think, is because um, it's easy going down. It actually um, actually is relaxing for many people, and you know we uh, we associate tea and tea ceremonies with something that's calmer, maybe it's an afternoon tea, even in Britain. Um, But certainly in Asia, you drink tea sort of in a more contemplative kind of setting, like a tea house or tea garden. Uh, And uh, and biologically, physiologically, what it does to our body, because as a doctor and as a scientist, that's what I actually study. It actually works. And so that's the (laughs) coolest part.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, like that's why I'm so excited to dig into this with you because I I know being a tea drinker, I know it works, but I can't always explain it to people, and that's kind of why I wanted to start this podcast and have you on here cuz in your book, you really dig into it. So, without further ado, I think we should actually dig into it a little bit. Um, so I guess first and foremost, you talk a lot in your book about the five natural defenses, defense systems of the body. Can you briefly go through those and how they work?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, so, you know, I'm an internal medicine doctor, uh, so I'm trained to think about the body uh, in all its uh, manifestations. So young versus old, healthy versus sick, men versus women. I think of the body as really the, the, the machine that actually functions in remarkable ways, mm-hmm. mostly um, to keep us healthy. My, most of us are pretty healthy throughout our whole lives. And I spent the last um, 25 years working to develop better treatments for really serious diseases like cancer, complications of diabetes, vision loss, and, and heart disease as well. And uh, in the process of biotech development, m- m- many of which are very successful. as so I've been involved with uh, 41 FDA-approved Uh, treatments, uh, both drugs and devices. One of the things that I learned is that to prevent disease in the first place, we should be thinking about an intervention like food to be able to activate those very processes that people spend billions of dollars trying to develop drugs to intercept. So why wouldn't we just turn the clock back and figure out how to actually intercept disease at its beginning? Well, what I realized is that the way that I was taught to think as a doctor is kind of ass backwards, frankly. (laughs) Um, We shouldn't be thinking about uh, health, you know, sort of disease as solely the absence of health. We should be thinking about health as the hard one result of what our body actually does. Mm. And so this takes us on a journey back to the womb when we're developing in our mom's womb. And as our body is forming, um, our heart, our bones, our muscles, Uh, our nerves. One of the amazing things that's forming along with that is our health defense system. So think about it when we arrive out of our mom's womb, Mm -hmm. you know, we hit, we go splat on on the delivery (laughs) room and, uh, uh, and, and we are armed as a body fortress with five health defenses that are biological defenses that are hardwired in our bodies. So here they are. First defense is a defense called angiogenesis. That's our body's blood vessel system. Um, Although a baby has fewer, an adult like you and me, we have actually 60,000 miles worth of blood vessels packed inside our bodies. So if you were to pull out all the blood vessels and line them up end to end, that would be a thread that would wrap around the earth twice. Huge amount of defense in our body. Mm -hmm. And it's a defense because those blood vessels bring the oxygen we breathe and any of the nutrition that we eat to feed and, and help sustain every single cell and therefore every single organ and therefore our health. We don't have enough blood vessels, insufficient angiogenesis, our tissues die. We're in trouble. We have too much blood, too many blood vessels, uh, an overage of our circulation. Well, now they start, those blood vessels start to feed diseases like cancer as well. So we want to be able to keep just the right amount of blood vessels, and that's our first health defense system. Our second health defense system, and by the way, tea actually helps to mow the lawn to be yeah. able to prevent too many over overgrowth of blood vessels, and also to sustain the lawn to be able to provide uh, grass seed to be able to grow that um, mm-hmm. the, the sod uh, to to do exactly what it needs to do for a beautiful lawn. Now, yeah. second health defense systems are uh, our stem cells, our regenerative system. And when I was a kid, as I'm sure when you were, you we learned that um, starfish and salamanders can regenerate, but people don't. Right? Yeah, right. Wrong. Turns <laughs> out that the new science is that humans do regenerate, just kind of in slow motion, right? So kind of like the matrix bullet time, uh, our <laughs> body is really g- regenerating slowly, but we got the capacity to do it. And so we're healing continuously from the inside out, and that's why our hair regrows our skin Mm. regrows. Um, uh, And, you know, if you ever um, cut your mouth eating something really sharp and crunchy, um, you know, that it's not, it's really uncomfortable. But guess what, the next day, pretty much it heals right up. It's regenerated. And so that's due to stem cells that are present in our bone marrow. And guess what foods including tea can coax out our stem cells to help us regenerate faster. Third one, health defense is our microbiome. Everybody is talking about gut health and the gut microbiome today. And what I will join in to say, this is one of the most important health defense systems um, uh, that mostly lives in our gut, but it's also in our skin and also in our or in our other body cavities. And the gut bacteria actually communicate with our brain, communicate with our immune system, communicate with all of our other organs, um, help to control our metabolism. And when our gut bacteria are happy a, a good healthy ecosystem a neighborhood filled with good actors mm-hmm. our health is pretty good but when that neighborhood is spoiled or the ecosystem is contaminated or overrun with predators you can imagine what happens when you have a couple of bad eggs move into your neighborhood you know yeah. th- there goes the neighborhood everything goes to pot and we start you know the crack house starts to get established <laughs> and yeah. that really is what happens when our gut microbiome is disturbed in our body well it turns out the tea and the polyphenols in tea help to right size and groom that neighborhood to keep that ecosystem really happy. Um, mm-hmm. DNA, which we think is our fourth health defense system, is we think about it as our genetic code, but it actually protects us against harms from the environment, like ultraviolet radiation and 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 fumes and solvents and all these other harms in food that harmful food that we eat. Tea actually helps to provide that antioxidative DNA protecting strength and. Our DNA actually uh, has a life fuse, a kind of a cap that, that burns down slowly as we age, called telomeres. Mm-hmm. So th- think about the telomeres as the fuse, that mission Impossible possible fuse. Mm-hmm. Light the fuse, it burns down. Mm-hmm. Well, when your cells burn down, um, you're aging faster. Well, T actually slows down that aging, which is really quite amazing. Yeah. Which is, by the way, why I have a relative who just had her 105th birthday completely healthy, intact, living independently, and Mm -hmm. she attributes her great health to green tea. It's amazing, right? Drinking tea. Um, And then of course the fifth um, uh, health defense system is our immune system, which, you know, after these last couple of years, everybody knows how important a good immune system it actually is. Um, Well, it turns out the tea is really important in two different ways at the same time, a double-barreled approach to our immunity. Number one, it supports healthy immunity to protect us against bacteria and viruses and other invaders from the outside. But it also helps us protect um, our, our uh, and by the way, it protects us from invaders on the inside too, like cancer cells. Yeah. And the other thing it does for our immune system is it lowers inflammation so that actually we are not on fire inside. So here are five health defense systems, angiogenesis, stem cells, microbiome, DNA, and our immunity that all have, have interplays with the food and beverages that
0: we drink, including tea. Beautiful. No, that's uh, it's really amazing. And kind of understanding those and going through them for me has really changed my outlook on what I'm putting into my body. And so obviously I kind of want to get into a little bit detail in each one of those, uh, starting with the angiogenesis, because... I believe you are the first person that I have ever heard talk about this. And for me, like I said, it was kind of life-changing as to understanding this. And one of the things that I heard you talk about on your TED Talk was that we are constantly having cancer like proliferate in our body in a sense, in a microscopic scale. I think the the point that you always give is the ballpoint pen. We always have these little microscopic cancers growing. It's just are they proliferating and becoming actual disease? And I believe that is with angiogenesis, correct? Right. Well, so here's the, here's the
1: plain truth. Cancer is one of the most feared conditions that, you know, that we, we know about, right? I mean, everybody, when they hear the word cancer, it kind of gives you, you it makes you fearful, uh, raises your blood pressure. Mm -hmm. And, And it's, and it's really, um, very deserved that fear because most of the times, cancer seems like a, like it's gonna be a terminal disease. That's, that's basically game over. Mm-hmm. Well, I have been involved with understanding the biology of cancer and understanding the biology actually makes us feel a lot more comfortable um, that we understand an enemy, like know thy enemy, right? Mm-hmm. So here's the deal about cancer. Cancer is a result of our normal healthy cells um, making a couple of mistakes and they become mutant cells. And those mutants just keep on multiplying and they keep on multiplying and they keep on proliferating until you wind up with a little tiny ball um, uh, that's abnormal. Mm-hmm. That's what, and that is all cancer is. And in fact, we're all forming cancers in our body because our body is composed of 40 trillion cells. Like that's the adult human body. That's a lot of yeah. cells, <laughs> and they're always dividing. And when they're dividing, they're copying them, themselves. So think about, you know, like a like a copying on a like on a computer. Mm-hmm. All right, and all it has to do is to make one or two mistakes, and all of a sudden, bingo, you've got a mutation. When those mutations start to copy themselves, now you've got a little microscopic cancer, and mm-hmm. those microscopic cancers um, can grow up to just about two millimeters in diameter, which is, as you said, the tip of the the size of the tip of a ballpoint pen. Now, how often does that happen? How often do we ourselves make mistakes when they're dividing? Got 40 trillion of them, that's a lot of accuracy you've got mm-hmm. to aim for, right? Yeah. Well, here's the answer. Our the typical human body, yours and mine, makes 10,000 copying mistakes every 24 hours, all right? Wow. Every single one of those mistakes can turn into a microscopic cancer. Yeah. And so we might at any given time have thousands of cancers, microscopic cancers, uh, growing in our body that are just a result of copy paste error. All right. Yep. Now we don't actually have a, uh, spell check in our body the way that we would have in our, our laptop automated. But so, so what winds up happening is that those microscopic cancers are held in check. They're prevented from growing because to grow, they need a blood supply because so our body's angiogenesis system knows how to prevent cancers from getting a new blood supply. Hmm. So What happens is that without a blood supply, these little microscopic cancers sit there. And then another one of our body, our our immune system, our our defenses, our immune system, wings by. I I talk about the immune system like um, a security force. And they're patrolling the streets looking for bad guys. And whenever they patrol our body, and by the way, they do this in that 60,000-mile channel. So they're on a big, long patrol. And they see a bad guy uh, in the neighborhood. They just target them, and they, uh, they take them out. And that's why cancers, most cancers never become a problem for most people. But sometimes a cancer can figure out a way to uh, hijack our our body's health defenses, hijack that angiogenesis system and selfishly grow blood vessels to themselves. We call this tumor angiogenesis. Angiogenesis itself is a good thing. Tumor angiogenesis is a really bad thing. And once we know from experiments that we've done, and I've I've been one of the researchers in angiogenesis, um... Uh, if you prevent a microscopic cancer from a blood supply, it'll just stay there. It cannot grow. But the moment that a single blood vessel capillary can actually touch that blood, uh, the tumor and deliver oxygen and nutrients, this thing explodes. A tumor mm. can grow 16,000 times in just two weeks once it right. starts getting fed. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's scary. I mean, you hear that, it's scary to me. <laughs> um, like you said, you hear the word cancer and it kind of raises your blood pressure and everything. Um, but what was exciting again I kind of know a little bit of the the good that comes out of this and especially with tea uh, I'm thinking of that graph you have a you have a beautiful graph of these anti-angiogenic type drug cancer drugs and in relation to them where some natural foods and vitamins actually fall in place and if I'm not mistaken tea is in like the top Five, if not top three, of that list is that correct?
1: Yeah. Well, so you know what what what's really remarkable is our body actually naturally has the ability to prevent extra blood vessels from growing. I call it that mowing the lawn. Our body knows how to mow the lawn, so you never have grass growing too high. Mm-hmm. And certain foods, and specifically tea, um, actually can uh, help the body prevent those extra blood vessels from growing. And in fact, tea can even starve a cancer by cutting off those It's blood supply, it's private blood supply. So it doesn't harm. Tea doesn't harm normal blood vessels. It just mows the lawn and and just cuts off the blood supply feeding cancers. And to me, that's a really remarkable thing. Because and think about it, you can make a cup of tea, and if you're a tea fan like I am, and it sounds like you are, Mm -hmm. we can sip a we can sip a cup of tea all day long. Um, and I can refresh it. I can uh, use the old leaves. I can put a new bag in. I can do you know. I can I can drink hot tea in the winter. I can drink cool tea, iced tea in the summertime. The good stuff comes from the polyphenols, these catechins that are the natural substances found in tea leaves. That that when you steep tea, it the fluid it comes out of the tea leaf into the fluid, and we drink them. Gets right into our bloodstream. And guess what? Those tiny little catechins, these tiny natural molecules um actually cut off the blood supply feeding cancer so as it turns out in the lab we can show that this can prevent cancer growth um in animals uh, we can actually see that it can actually slow down and and prevent cancer growth and in human human studies have shown that drinking tea is associated with a dramatically decreased risk of developing cancer all kinds of cancers because this idea of cutting off the blood supply is a universal
0: phenomenon for any cancer that's beautiful. That's encouraging too. As a someone who drinks a copious amount of tea, I like hearing that. Um, so I'd like you to talk a little bit about that study, which is why what inspired me to drink the Sencha-Jasmine uh, mix that I have here. That was kind of a little bit mind-blowing to me. So if you want to talk a little bit about that, I'd, I'd love to hear more.
1: Yeah. So let me start from the beginning. So uh, I've been involved with biotech uh, to try to develop anti-angiogenic drugs to starve cancer, and now there's well over a dozen of them, and they are they become mainstream treatments for kidney cancer, liver cancer, colon cancer, lung cancer, brain cancer. Um, and in in the process of developing these, you know, breakthrough medical uh, treatments, we've had to develop <clears throat> test systems, right? And so mm-hmm. you got to test the drugs to see if it works or not. Well, one of the things that the test systems I developed. Is you know you can literally sprinkle some experimental drug to see if it works, and it occurred to me that we could also sprinkle some experimental f- stuff like tea yeah. and see how it goes head to head, and we can compare it to drugs. So uh, one, so number one, we showed that in fact tea does have powerful cancer starving anti angiogenic activity, which is awesome. Uh, but then I started to ask more deeper questions, which, um, as a scientist, this is what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So I said, all right, are all teas the same, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, on the basis of flavor or taste, there's such a variety of tea, you know, do you drink tea from India, Assam tea? Do you drink British English Earl Grey tea? Do you drink Sencha, Japanese tea, uh, Uh or do you drink Chinese tea? you know, Dragonwell or Jasmine tea, you know, the, the choices as a tea aficionado going into a tea shop are already overwhelming. But when you want to talk about health, I always want to know like, well, which one's better when it comes to health, right? right. Um, that, that that can be uh, turned into an objective number. So what I decided to do is literally in the same system that we used to test cancer drugs, throw in tea. And what we did is we... Um, wanted to be really objective to say, we don't have any pre ordained answers. We'll throw in um, Japanese Sencha. We'll throw in Chinese Jasmine. We'll throw in uh, Earl Grey and see what happens. Now, the key as a scientist is not to be biased. So you just have to see what you see. Yeah. But I will tell you that um, if you look at what common knowledge is, people will always tell you, well, Japanese tea has got really, it's really potent. It's, a, it's the best tea. Uh, highest quality tea, um, and if you uh, talk to people about uh, who are green tea aficionados, they'll say, "You know, you got to go with green because the black's oxidized. All the good stuff is gone. You know, um, not not good for you because the British that brought it over from Asia, you know, they it wouldn't last the voyage, and so they oxidized it. They they smoked it, uh, and and actually, all that good stuff goes away the longer you actually keep it, right? Yeah, so. I said, let's just look at angiogenesis and see what actually happens. So the amazing thing that we found that was quite stunning is that Japanese tea, Senchao, was not the most potent tea. And in fact, um, uh, jasmine tea was actually more potent. But -hmm. in fact, the even bigger surprise was that the green teas weren't even the most potent. We found that Earl Grey was in fact the most potent of the different teas. Now, how could that be that the black tea is better? Well, we're not talking about antioxidant. We're not talking about, you know, um, we're not even measuring a specific bioactive like EGCG or the catechin. Right. We're just looking at biological activity. Net, net. What do you get? And it turns out that the Earl Grey was pretty powerful. Now, we, we actually think that it's powerful because of the bergamot that's okay. added to Earl Grey. Yeah. So it's not pure tea. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just like when you add jasmine tea, now you're adding flowers and you're getting some of the bioactives. Bioactives, by the way, being the natural chemicals found in nature, um, uh, you're, you're, you're not getting the pure tea itself. But what the, the real stunner here was that we did what would be culturally anathema. <laughs> right? So, yes. you know, if you look at how proud cultures would never mix their teas together. Right. Mm -hmm. What we decided to do was to take Sencha and uh, jasmine tea and we blended them together one on one to one just to see what would happen. And what we found is that when you blended, when you had that tea blend, now think about tea blends like that's what master tea masters do. Yes. They blend teas. They they create um, sort of the the alchemy of of different flavors and scents and compositions and combinations. we combined japanese sencha and chinese jasmine tea something that would never be done in either japan or china all right Mm -hmm. Um, but it could be done in an american laboratory (laughs) we found that actually that was the most potent combination as of them all it left the 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 sencha behind it it was much more powerful than the uh, jasmine and it and it blew away the earl gray and so we sort of sat back and said you know geez This is quite amazing. You have synergy between the tea because when you looked at the numbers, it was not one plus one equals two. It was like one plus one equals five. You really got much more power out of this. So um, it just goes to show that we cannot oversimplify our food by saying tea is good. Therefore, all tea is good. Therefore, all tea is the same.
0: Yeah, that's that's really fascinating to me. And do you know why? That synergy happens within foods, or you
1: know, um, we're just beginning to look at that now. Yeah, and uh, we, by the way, we found similar differences and r- remarkable differences when we tested red wine. Okay, you know, people say, "Oh, red wine's good for you." Um, well, let's actually test them s- side by side, and we'll see that the varietal of grape actually makes a difference, and oh, wow. probably the year and the level of fermentation also makes a difference. We mm-hmm. also found that with apples. Apple a day keeps the doctor away. We've actually looked at the different types of varietals of apples. And we've looked at olives to look at the different varietal of olives. So let's talk about tea as varietals. They're grown in different climates. They're picked at different seasons. And so what we think is that these um, very subtle regional differences may be contributing uh, different uh, natural chemicals that alone have their own intrinsic value, combine them together. And now you've got more fun under the sun for the biological properties that we're looking for. In this case, angiogenesis inhibition to help starve cancer.
0: Beautiful. That's um. That's amazing. So, kind of jumping to the next uh, defense system, regeneration. Mm. So, I thought it was interesting because I think in this in this part of the book, you did talk about the differences of drinking green tea and how black tea is like you were mentioning earlier, like people are like, eh, it's more oxidized. It's more fermented. It's doesn't have as many benefits, but in the stem cell growth, it actually did. Can you speak a little to that?
1: Yeah. So this is one of my favorite studies too, because it, it really upends, um, I would say common knowledge that winds up becoming kind of urban legend. Yeah. So, uh, most people don't think that highly of black tea when it comes to health, uh, but a study that was done in Italy looked at um, uh, people who were drinking black tea and what they did is they used the same testing systems as we d- use for developing regenerative medicine. So regenerative medicine, by the way, is a whole new frontier of medicine where we can inject medicines or inject stem cells and we can like literally grow new organs. Yeah. Uh, not really ready for prime time yet, but it's a very, very exciting area. I mean, I will tell you like, People are able to grow brains in a dish. They're able wow. to grow um, beating hearts. They're able to grow functional liver, liver, and on a cosmetic level, they can grow an ear. You know, like there, there's a famous picture of, a, of an ear, human ear, growing on the back of a mouse. All right. So the future is really awesome in terms of what this is going to be able to do. But at the end of the day, growing and regenerating anything is is what our bodies naturally do, and it's mm-hmm. done by having stem cells that are actually normally found in our bone marrow so everybody know what bone marrow is if you've ever broken a chicken leg a drumstick Mm -hmm. open you know that inside the bone a bone is hollow and inside is some schmutz and the schmutz is actually stem cells Uh, how many stem cells do we have uh uh how many stem cells do we actually have do you and I have well we're the whole human body is formed originally from stem cells and after our whole body was formed, we had some extra ones left over. These were the, you know, the overage and, the, and Mother Nature packed them into our bone marrow. And so when we we're born, all of us have about 750 million stem cells, That's a lot of stem cells. Yeah. And they sit there ready to regenerate our body throughout. So how do you know when your stem cells are working? Is that you can do a blood draw, the kind you get at your doctor's office. So you get your blood work and you check them out. What's not being measured usually is the number of stem cells that are circulating in your body, but we can measure them. So in this study, they took they took a bunch of people, a bunch of men, and they uh, uh, drew their stem cells at the beginning. And then they have them gave them black tea to drink Mm -hmm. and they studied their stem cells. And over a couple of weeks, they actually found that actually your their stem cells. Kept on going up, 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 up. So actually, just drinking black tea, nothing else they did. You know, they were eating their regular diet. They didn't do any other intervention, but just blinking, drinking black tea alone would up the number of stem cells circulating in right. their bloodstream. Awesome. Yeah. So tea, black tea, would actually um, uh, help their stem cells in, increase. But the real cool thing is that now most people who are fans of black tea, if you think about like English breakfast tea, they'll put a little milk in their tea, mm-hmm. and that milk or cream actually neutralizes some of the Flavonols that are present in tea. And so you actually, um, prevent your body from absorbing them. What the, what, what the, what milk, what dairy does milk specifically, not almond milk, but dairy milk mm-hmm. is they'll form these little soap bubbles. I call called micelles around the polyphenols. All right. And so when you drink uh, tea with milk in it, um, mo- mostly black tea, um, the these little soap bubbles just kind of tumble down your, uh, your throat down past your stomach into your intestines and they prevent the polyphenols from being absorbed. Mm. So they protect them and out they go out the back end. So what was really cool is they, um, uh, the same research group actually um, uh, gave these uh, experimental subjects, some whipped cream to, to, to have as well. Okay, And what they found is that when they ate whipped cream, it stunned their stem cells. So they had fewer stem cells. Uh, normally. But when they actually gave them black tea, it protected the stem cells from being stunned.
0: So they gave them black tea before and, eating? What, so what, the, what they did? Yeah,
1: yeah. exactly. So they gave a group, they gave a group nothing and measured their stem cells. Then they gave yeah. a group whipped cream. Okay. And their stem yeah. cells were lower and they were not behaving as well. Then they gave whipped cream but uh, when people who were drinking black tea at the same time
0: and the black tea protected the stem cells. Wow. That's fascinating. That's Yeah, that's, that's amazing. It's amazing to see the the process. uh, Yeah, just protecting you. And it's mostly because of the dairy, or sorry, you were going to add something?
1: Well, I mean, I was going to say that, you know, there's a practical discovery out of this is that, you know, um, if you can, if you really enjoy drinking tea, uh, and you're hydrated by tea, and it relaxes you, and you really love to have dairy in it, go for it. Um, but if you really want to get that polyphenol and that stem cell boost, drink it straight because you don't want to put dairy in it. And the dairy, again, um, uh, actually forms little soap bubbles yeah. around the polyphenols to
0: prevent them from being uh, absorbed into your body. Fascinating. That's uh, that's good to know. I never have never gotten into milk and tea. The only time I did was when I traveled to Ireland. And it's because, like you mentioned, it's everywhere. People do it. So I was like, I'll try it. It is good, but I'm I'm a true tea drinker for the most part. So it's good to know that. Um so jump into the next one, the microbiome and tea. What I found fascinating, I mean, first off, I think it was beautiful that you guys studied the green, oolong, and black teas, and there was a research done that basically they're all beneficial. But what really I'm interested in talking about are the tea saponins and how those have affected the microbiome. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah.
1: Well so look um Uh, when you drink tea, it tumbles down to your lower gut, right? Right. Um, that's, that's natural. And then it gets absorbed in your colon as fluid. And then you, and then it goes to your bladder and you, 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 we urinate. Okay. Um, so that exposure of the tea is, goes all the way down to where your gut bacteria are. And tea has a prebiotic effect. And so the prebiotic effect, um, means that the tea naturally contains substances That actually help to feed or groom or nurture um, our gut microbiome, and so any tea can actually have uh, that effect. Now, so what are what are everybody talks about the good stuff in tea being the uh, catechins, the polyphenols? But what's Mm -hmm. really interesting about the study that you were describing is really the fact that they they looked at other natural substances besides the catechins, besides the polyphenols and T-saponins, which nobody talks about T-saponins, but right. this is another, you know, tea contains, you know, tens of thousands of natural molecules actually help favor good bacteria from growing and discourage bad bacteria from actually growing. And yeah. so in other words, it actually... It's kind of like the real estate agent that tries to get the good people to move into the neighborhood <laughs> and prevent the kind of like the people who are are not so good uh, yeah. from moving in. That's quite remarkable to me. yeah, and it also um, brings into focus this idea that uh, you know we should be looking uh, from an agricultural perspective into how to grow our tea optimally. And how yeah. to harvest our tea and roast our tea uh, optimally and transport our tea optimally to be able to preserve not just the catechins, but also the saponin as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, oh, by the way, and I suppose the other thing is if you think about it, uh, tea that you steep, like the ones that you and I are drinking right now, yes. okay, that's liquid. And there might be some solids that are in there, you know, a little bit of stuff that dissolves off. But think about matcha.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Matcha is actually the whole tea leaf, which is packed with plant base. It's a plant based food. Really, it's a fiber ground up into powder. And when you when you drink matcha, you're actually ingesting the entire leaf, a lot of fiber. So, in in addition to the polyphenols, in addition to the saponins, now you're actually getting dietary fiber from uh, drinking matcha, and that dietary fiber feeds our microbiome.
0: Beautiful. That's and have you ever studied or heard of a study done on puer tea or puar type teas?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, puar is is a, a incredibly fermented, smoky, powerful tea. It's right. kind of a digestive. Um, I I actually love the taste. For people who are um, not tea drinkers, sometimes it can really be a little overwhelming yeah. uh, as a as a first encounter with tea. But if you like to drink tea, it's definitely something you should explore. I I, I think it's really great. Um, uh, there's been, uh, people are just starting to look at poor. I, it's, it's actually on my to-do list to mm-hmm. do some research on it. So, um, I think that the fermentation actually, uh, um, uh, provides additional properties about beneficial properties.
0: Yeah. And that's why, like talking about the, the microbiome and tea, I discovered poor, like, two years ago. And for me, it does help with actually digestion. And I've heard that there's studies on like, it actually can help lift, um, excess fat that's floating around the body and actually help you expel it. So I don't know it's, and I'm interested the more you, the more you learn, I hope to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you,
1: I'll tell you the way we believe that works is that the poor, the fermented product now, right. We know that fermented foods help our microbiome. Mm-hmm. So think about poor as kind of like The sauerkraut of tea, because that's sour, right? (laughs) Or the the kimchi of tea. (laughs) It's super fermented, and it's smoky. And and so it's actually contributing fermented foods to our gut microbiome. Now, here's the thing about lipids. You're talking about helping our body control lipids and metabolism. turns out our gut microbiome actually is one of the governors of our blood cholesterol. And uh, it actually lowers bad cholesterol and helps our body produce more good cholesterol and lowers overall um, total cholesterol and smooths out our our lipids. So people go to the doctor, particularly older people, they get their blood drawn. And one of the blood tests is, you know, how's my cholesterol doc, we're going to do a lipid panel. And if you've got lots of good cholesterol, which is called HDL, and -hmm. you've got lower bad cholesterol, which is LDL, you're in good shape. Okay. Uh, And we want your triglycerides to be down too. So it turns out that um poor tea has been studied. it's a small study, but it actually shows that it actually lowers the bad cholesterol increases the good cholesterol, and kind of sl- and, and kind of smooths out all the lipids all the fat actually in your bloodstream so quite amazing mm. how the bacteria do this is actually the bacteria actually um uh, trigger our metabolism to be able to actually better process fats in our body, getting rid of the best of Getting more of the good stuff in there, uh, that's one of the things that Poor's
0: been shown to do. Beautiful. That's that's amazing. Something the the next study that kind of there's a lot that actually shocked me too about the whole DNA protection aspect mm-hmm. of tea. One because I don't know why, maybe this is just something that misinformation that I've kind of embodied about DNA, but it just kind of being stagnant and something that you're stuck with. So the fact that there are things in our life and in our environment that we can introduce to our bodies to have those effects, to change our DNA, to help basically let us live longer. And tea obviously being one of these things, um, which I'd love to hear just the epigenetic effects of green tea. But the one I really want to talk about is the telomere length growth, like you were mentioning earlier, and the differences that you guys found in men and women. That was fascinating to me.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, our DNA is our genetic code. Mm -hmm. But our fate is not necessarily determined simply by the genes that we inherited from our parents. Because as we go through life, you know, we're exposed to all kinds of things, right? Um, Good things, hopefully. Uh, Mm -hmm. So when we eat our fruits and vegetables and our broccoli and our beans and all that kind of stuff, it helps us um, protect our DNA. Uh, When we have antioxidants, it uh, helps to protect our DNA from damage. Uh, And when we have tea, it also helps... uh, not only protect our DNA from oxidative stress, um, but it also uh, helps our, t- our, our, our DNA uh, uh, un- unleash its full potential with something called epigen- epigenetics. So that's basically revealing parts of the DNA that can actually give us extra edge against disease that's an epigenetic change and tea can actually un can unmask reveal uncloak useful parts of our dna to help us fight cancer for example uh which is really re- remarkable and the other thing that tea can do is um it can slow down cellular aging so when we're aging you know you look in the mirror and you got more wrinkles or you know you put more candles on your birthday cake that's like obvious aging idea, the idea of aging yeah. you know yeah you, you, your skin sags, you feel a little older, you know, and another notch on your bedpost kind of thing. But actually we age internally at the cellular level, which is probably more important in terms of how we do, you know, you've heard about this idea of biological age versus physical age, chronological age. Yes. So every year that we, in you know, every calendar year that we celebrate another birthday, that's our chronological age, but we can actually keep our biological age younger than our physical age which you know although you might not look younger actually you are feeling biologically your cells are younger and how do you do this by slowing down that life fuse that burns down remember that i talked to you about that mission impossible like the fuse burn yes. it down mm-hmm. well when the fuse burns down to the keg that's it right <laughs> like that's that that's when your cells have reached the end so what you want to do is slow that fuse down and what's amazing about tea is it seems to be able to not only slow the fuse from burning down in some cases it can actually lengthen it now, one study did, done, did that looked at um, the, the telomeres, the burning down, the cellular aging, showed that drinking tea actually was more beneficial in men than in women. And this is looking at a Chinese population, uh, I want to say out of Hong Kong, okay. and uh, it, it helped to men, uh, li, 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 but, but it didn't help this particular group of women. They didn't actually their, their um, telomeres still burn down around mm-hmm. the same rate as you would have actually expected. Only the men slow down and even lengthen. So the explanation that was given to this, by the way, of why women did not benefit yeah. was this other side that I was mentioning to where it, the, our exposure to the environment, mm-hmm. right? So you're laying out in the sun. Okay. At the beach, you're getting a lot of oxidative stress. You're drinking a lot of booze. Um, now you're getting more oxidative stress you're eating um, uh, uh, artificial preservatives in your ultra processed foods and uh, food colorings that are uh, uh, synthetic, more DNA damage, right? Okay, yeah. so that's obviously, uh, that could affect anybody. But what's going on in China in this study? It was thought that these women uh, that were actually studied were the cooks in the family. So if you've ever looked in the window or looked through the window of the door of a Chinese restaurant, and you watch how people cook? Yeah. All right. They're we're cooking under a gigantic fire with this monstrous wok, and the sh- the chefs are their their he- their faces are right over the wok, and they're cooking, right? Yeah, and it's it's amazing food that comes out. But but what this particular study thought is that the women who were responsible for cooking on these woks, what they were doing is breathing all these extra fumes and oils mm-hmm. and and uh, the the um, the the solvents and everything else that was coming out of this super hot cooking, and that might have actually been, um, uh, uh, that might've been against them, you know, right. so their DNA has to work extra hard. Now we don't know that for sure, but it was mm-hmm. one of the explanations and that, that, that basically said our diet and our lifestyle make a difference. And so if these women, by the way, were not drinking tea, their mm-hmm. telomeres might've shortened even faster.
0: Yeah. And that's what I was just about to say, because it's, and maybe they were like lowering at a normal rate, but had they not been drinking tea, who knows? It's uh, exactly. Yeah, it's a little little scary to think about. But um, I I just find that I remember learning about the telomeres and back a few years ago, and just finding it fascinating and wanting to actually get mine measured to see where, where I'm at biologically. In did, my did you age. get measured? I have not yet. I have okay. not. But
1: you should get your you should get your telomeres measured um, yes. from your white blood cells, leukocytes, okay. and you should get your microbiome measured to see where your gut bacteria is.
0: Okay. Yeah. It'd probably not be great right now. I am on antibiotics.
1: (laughs) So maybe it wouldn't be the
0: best with uh, the whole battling of the tea and antibiotics. Well,
1: you know what? I I think that um, drinking tea will contribute to the the relative resistance of your microbiome to the antibiotics uh, compared to if you weren't drinking tea. But you should definitely be mindful of actually
0: restoring your microbiome. Exactly. When your course of antibiotics are done. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So jumping to the last one, the immunity, Um, I know that you said that I I couldn't really find too many studies done on the tea and immunity, but do you have, I guess, like what what have you found and how tea has been able to internally and externally, like you were mentioning earlier, boost our immunity against viruses, any bacterias, whatever that could harm us? Well, okay. so our immune system
1: is like an army of super soldiers in our body. And um, uh, and one of the things that was really amazing to think about is uh, so if you think about the super soldiers, uh, an army of super soldiers, there's different kinds of super soldiers, right? You got your Rangers, you got your Navy SEALs, you've got your Marines, right? Delta Force, and each of them have their own training, their own weapons, but they all collaborate together for you know for for the for the military, and that's how kind of how the immune system is as well. There's the innate immune system, and then there is the adaptive immune system. And if you were to really try to count out the soldiers, remember, like when we were kids, we get this big bag of army men, you put them out on the table, and they all yep. have different weapons. That's how complicated the immune system actually <laughs> is. Um, T actually activates different types of Immunity, uh, and one of the things that uh, tea does is it actually activates the, pe- the the part of your immune system at the front gate to protect you against viruses and bacteria. This is called the innate immune system. It's kind of the reflex immune system. It means that you can counterpunch a virus or a bacteria faster. Um, and so that's really quite an amazing uh, uh, study that, that that green tea, the polyphenols, can actually do. The other thing that tea does, um, as as you you know as we were talking about the very beginning this whole idea of relaxing and calming mm-hmm. also calms down inflammation right green tea is anti-inflammatory and that inflammation becomes really important because in a disease like COVID 19 but frankly any serious infection you, you might be on the body revs up inflammation to sort of fight off the bad guys yeah. and if you can't shut down that inflammation that that inflammation kind of like roars out of control and you wind up having a cytokine storm which you know, in COVID-19, for example, can put you in a hospital in the ICU and it can't even kill you. Mm -hmm. So here's an interesting uh, study that you may, uh, uh, this is not in my book, that's obviously new. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the very beginning of the pandemic in 2020, there was a study done in China for about 700 people. And so it's a pretty big study. And they were looking at um, people who are healthy and tracking their blood and tracking Mm -hmm. their health status and tracking their microbiome and tracking... Um, what they were eating and drinking, and they wanted to find out um, what would happen to these people as the pandemic was raging around them. What they found was really interesting. Those people who wound up not developing COVID, not developing COVID, better immunity, had a natural substance in their blood, a protective immune substance called interferon gamma. Hmm. All right. Okay. Interferon gamma is a natural virus killer. Okay. Um, and it turns out that the people who had interferon gamma also had two bacteria in their microbiome, something mm-hmm. called lactobacillus and the other one called ruminococcus. All right. So if they, if so the people who actually ha- had better immune defenses, didn't get sick, had more of this interferon gamma, also had ruminococcus and lactobacillus, two bacteria. Yeah. What was really interesting, uh, Vince, is what were these people eating? And they found that they were eating lots of omega-3 fatty acids from seafood primarily, yeah. but they were drinking tea, mm. green tea or black tea. Both were associated with having ruminococcus and lactobacillus, good microbiome, uh, healthier microbiome, and associated with having more interferon gamma and associated with having better defense um, uh, and getting less sick. So that was sort of like a late breaking pandemic era, discovery, talking about um, another correlation between tea drinking and
0: immune defense. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Dr. Lee, I have one last question for you. And because we've mostly been talking about the Camellia sinensis plant. Mm. And I know in your book, you do mention a few herbs because there's a, are herbal teas out there that mm. people like. Now, I would consider, I don't know if you actually do consider uh, tea as a, gla- a grand slammer, as you like to call them in your books. Um, but do you have any herbs that would do very similar things to the, to tea that people can incorporate as herbal teas?
1: Well, you know, so, so again, this is where tea is, um, if you're a purist, tea belongs to Camellia right? Right. That's a tea right. bush tea plant. If you are sort of an aficionado, you realize like how many different kinds of things can be made into tea. Right. So, um, Uh, there is um, lots of different ways of using uh, flowers in particular. Mm -hmm. Uh, So chrysanthemum tea actually Mm -hmm. has been shown to have an anti-inflammatory effect. And then there is a blue tea that's made with passion flower. Have you seen the blue passion flower tea? It is so amazing to see, uh, you know, so you wind up with these dried, it looks like tea, and you pour it into a cup and before long you've got this azure blue mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh liquid and you drink it that blue comes from a natural dye called anthocyanins mm-hmm. it's a and it's what makes the flower petals blue it's yeah. what makes purple potatoes purple it's what makes um uh, uh blueberries blue i got a couple of blueberries i just to show <laughs> you right here i'm actually eating some blueberries okay anthocyanins it. And I can tell you that um, the um, anthocyanins in tea help to raise immunity, lower inflammation, is cancer starving, um, activates your microbiome. So again, um, I think flowers, I think of flowers more than herbs, but there are many herbs with also healthful
0: health defense activating benefits as well. Amazing. Dr. Lee, I appreciate this conversation. Like I mentioned before, I could talk your ear off for the next five hours, but- we're going to respect your time, and please let everyone know where they can find your book, find your uh, master classes, and all your work. Yeah, well, um, so
1: I actually can be found at uh, on my website at drdrwilliamlee.li drwilliamlee.com. com. You can follow me on social at Dr. Dr. L I. at drwilliamlee. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Um, I actually have been. Teaching these free masterclasses uh, 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 that that um, you could sign up to on my website. And in my masterclass, what I'm doing is presenting new information uh, that talks about the health defenses uh, to really help uh, raise awareness that everyone can actually do something for themselves. Even when we sometimes feel relatively helpless against what's going on in the outside world, um, we can actually take steps to actually shore up our own defenses so we can live longer, healthier, better lives. And and this is really where food as medicine uh, comes into play. So I welcome everyone to sign up for a free masterclass to hear about the latest research uh, and uh, hope forward to see people there. By the way, I've had people from 38 countries and like thousands of people sign on, which is really an exhilarating opportunity to have an impact.
0: That's amazing. Thank you again, Dr. Lee. Everyone, please check out his work and have a great day, Dr. Lee. Thank you. Thank you to Dr. Lee for that informative conversation. Remember to check out his book, Eat to Beat Disease, The New Science of How Your Body Can Heal Itself, his masterclasses and his TED Talk in the show notes. If you want to dive deeper into the health benefits of tea and herbs and learn from people like yourself, then join our free Fresh Steeps community now so you can drink the best tea for yourself today. All you have to do is click the Fresh Steeps community link in the show notes and follow the prompt. Thanks for tuning in today. I appreciate you, love you, and hope you have a great day. Peace out.